Hi, everyone. I'm Dr. John White, WebMD's Chief Medical Officer and host of the Spotlight On series from WebMD's Health Discovered podcast. For this special two-part episode, you'll hear up-close and personal journeys about being diagnosed with a rare type of cancer, multiple myeloma. I started in myeloma nearly 25 years ago. And at that time, the average expectation of life in someone with myeloma was maybe one to two years. But even just in this last 10 to 12 years, we have doubled, if not tripled, the average survival of patients. I saw a new patient this week, and we had this conversation that based on what we've done over the last decade, my expectation is that patient's going to live more than 10 years. Listen to Health Discovered on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? You know, when we were trying to get this podcast off the ground, we had a lot of questions. How do you record an episode? How do I get the show into all the apps people like to listen to? You know, best of all, how do we like to make money off this podcast? The answer to every one of these questions is really simple. Anchor. Anchor is a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing your podcast. Best of all, it's 100% free and ridiculously easy to use. And now, Anchor can match you with great sponsors who want to advertise on your podcast. That means you can get paid to, your po- to podcast right away. In fact, that's what we're doing right now by reading this ad. You know, I like to listen to, to my scary podcast during the week while I'm at work. And man, let me tell you, it just gets me in an extra zone so I can keep working all day long. So if you've always wanted to start a podcast and make money doing it, go to anchor.fm slash start to join me and a diverse community of podcasters already using Anchor. That's anchor.fm slash start. I can't wait to hear your podcast. And welcome back to another episode of the Hilo Sports Podcast. And we got a lot to talk about. Not really, but we got a few important things to talk about. WNBA Finals just wrapped up. The Seattle Storm just took it. Sue Bird finally won her title again. Brianna Stewart, another MVP. <laughs> just what can't she do? And in the probably more looked upon finals game, uh, you got the NBA Finals just looking like they're about to wrap up. The Lakers, well, I was wrong. <laughs> they're looking absolutely dominant. Yeah, they look like the team that was supposed to be there this entire season. And the Heat look like the team that overachieved and looks awesome and got there. And Jimmy Butler was outstanding enough to Jimmy Butler was outstanding enough to take one game yeah. with a forty point triple to the third guy in history to do it. So I mean, it was great. But I think we're both kind of in agreement. This one's wrapped up. LeBron's got title number four. MVP of the finals, probably LeBron, because stats show him. But when you watch it, AD is the one who sticks out a little bit more. Tomato, tomato, either one. They're, 
can't really go wrong either way. Yeah, no, definitely. I think LeBron learned his lesson in, uh, uh, about talking smack to, uh, to Jimmy Butler. Just don't do it. You don't tell him, oh, no, you're in trouble, and then let him get going early on. Like, you maybe do it after you won the game, but don't do it, don't do it early on like he did. And in that same vein, I think Tyler Hero learned to not snarl at the camera because then LeBron freight trains you in the very next game and throws you into the shaft. Right? Yeah, that was that was that was epic. Um, but yeah, no, I, I do think you're right. I think you know this is all but wrapped up. Uh, I, you know, I hope I hope the Heat proved me wrong. I mean, like I said, I'm still sticking with the Heat in seven. So who knows? Maybe they rattle off three straight wins and shock the world. But I yeah, I doubt it. They look broken still. Look too young too naive to be in this position right now it's not quite like when the Cavs did it down 3-1 where you had so many great players and the Warriors just look like a well-oiled machine but the Cavs still had that explosive power it doesn't none of the signs kind of show it anything like that so I'd be pleasantly surprised if it goes six but willing to bet the house it does not even go seven let alone the Heat have a chance necessarily to pull it off yeah definitely and and you know you yeah you, you say LeBron stats wise probably has the MVP I do think they give it to him this year just kind of as a Hey, here's your crown type moment. Um, but it does, you know, I, I'm still interested on, on your opinion on it. Do you think this this fourth title, especially with this Lakers team and how this COVID season kind of worked out, do you think it, it might put him in there? Or does he have to win another to, to be even, we'll say even or better than MJ? I think he's still got a ways to go. His career's still going. He's obviously in that conversation. Being a top five player of all times in that conversation, I have him in the top five. I know you have him in the top five. We'll see how the rest of this plays out. Maybe we'll have to have this discussion. We'll see how – I mean, if he disappears in this next game and he drops 45 and they win, definitely doesn't help him as much. But let's say he cruises off a 40-point triple-double and they win and hold off a Jimmy Butler to 30-point triple-double. Performance does matter still, not just the ring. It depends. I mean, Robert Horry has seven of them with a few big shots, but that's about it. So it's like, yeah, we'll no, see how the rest of the series rattles off. But if it goes how I expect, it'll be we'll have some conversations about this definitely for sure. Yeah, I definitely think there's that we will have a conversation about it depending on how the series wraps up. Obviously, just because you look at the you know you look at what Jimmy Butler did to get them this one win, outperforming LeBron in a way that's never happened before. Not in the finals, especially. Yeah, yeah. so I mean, you kind of wonder that one. You talk about performances. LeBron's done it all in the performances, so this will be interesting to see if they can wrap it up in, in five. You know, get that get that win. Um, but yeah, that's that's kind of the big storyline going into this week is can they wrap it up real quick and in a hurry before maybe the Heat do figure it out. I know they're still still sore, but maybe they do figure it out. So we'll see what tomorrow. Yeah, tomorrow if uh, if they can wrap it up. They four one to every series so far. So I mean. And I mean, Kobe was forty-one years old. They've four-won everything so far. There's a, they're wearing the Mamba jerseys that they're four and zero in so far. There's a lot. It seems like a pretty safe bet to say they're going to wrap it up, even if you don't believe in interesting things like that. Yeah. Well, speaking of interesting things, uh, there was a big turning point for me in the NFL games this weekend. Um, the uh, Browns started it off by absolutely humiliating the Cowboys. My, at the time, Cowboys. We'll get to that in just a minute, but <laughs> clearly the Cowboys did what they do. They get absolute. They perform pretty decent early. Then they get absolutely toasted in the middle part, middle like second, late first, second quarter part of the third. Then Dak rallies off a miraculous comeback against complete prevent defense to the point that it actually kind of almost works. And then when it's time to make a play, the def- this time is the defense that kind of let him down, letting Odell Beckham go wild for a fifty yard run on a reverse after bending it 20 yards backwards yeah looking like he gets stopped for a loss of like 15 easily like 
that looked like Madden Odell Beckham. It's like, nope, you just can't touch him. Nope, good luck. Nope, nope, nope. Fantastic performance by the Browns, though, That especially with Nick Chubb going down. That was the Browns team that we all picked as a playoff contender. They were like, okay, we look at the talent. We look – Stefanski, I've been saying it since day one. He <laughs> revolutionized the team to the point where no Nick Chubb and a broken Kareem Hunt and some random dude who I can't even remember his name were able to run wild all over the Cowboys. Hubbard? I can't even Vaughn? remember yet. Devon, maybe. I, oh yeah, yeah. I don't even know. That's and you know you talk, you mentioned Odell. Odell himself, have yourself a game, my guy. Like like three touchdowns, more one hundred and fifty plus total yards. Like okay, I see you doing it in every facet, catching. I mean everything but throwing the ball himself. But you know Jarvis, don't worry. Jarvis had that covered, guys. We do know that Odell can whip it, though. He did a few of those with the Giants, so we know he's capable. Yeah, it's it was outstanding. Um, you look at that game, and you're just kind of like. What happened to this Dallas team who is supposed to be, for all intents and purposes, one of the best defenses on paper? I know you're missing LVE. I know you're missing, you know, Lee. Like, so Van Der Esch and Lee are – but they're not that, like – Everyone else looks hopeless. Yeah. Your just, safeties are lost. Your corners are lost. Your DeMarcus Lawrence, where you at, sir? Trayvon Diggs does not look like a starting corner, and yet you're having him, having him match up against their number twos on both so far every week, and it's just like – it's not good. I mean, I mean where's just, Jordan Lewis? Where's like, who? Who's uh, who? What, what are we doing here? The like, corners are rough. The linebackers are erratic. Your defensive line. I mean, there's no pass rush. Tristan Hill's trying to break people's legs and end their seasons. Like, there's not a whole lot looking for the defense. It's one of the worst we've seen in a while, unfortunately. And I still stand by Mike McCarthy was the worst option for the Cowboys to uh, have 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 picked as a head coach because he's. He has no substance to him right now, yeah. unfortunately. He has a decent re- – he has a solid resume, but that's about – A solid it. resume filled with uh, Super Bowl-winning quarterbacks that are literally the absolute opposite of Dak Prescott. And then you bring in Mike Nolan as a defensive coordinator who, yeah, just – he doesn't have the best – he, on the other hand, does not have a very solid coaching resume. No. <laughs> I'm not going to go too far into and just be – not going to rant too much about him, but obviously he wasn't the best choice for the defensive coordinator job. Yeah, and so this was this was the turning point for me. I'm uh, I'm rescinding my Cowboys fanhood. I am taking it away. Oh. They don't deserve my fanhood anymore. I am just gonna deserve drop all the hate on the Cowboys I can from now on. Not that I really ever stopped, but I can't do it anymore, man. This is just driving me crazy. It's week in and week out watching them go down by twenty, and then oh by the way, we're gonna go decide to come back and make it a game, and then break my heart in the fourth quarter. It's like I'm a Falcons fan. And on top of that, your owner's kind of a guy who cares more about selling than winning, but from a lot of his actions, there's a lot to not like about the Cowboys, unfortunately. No, no, yeah. So uh, going from a team there's a lot to not like to a team that there's a lot that I like about. Interesting. So you're not going to the Colts, it sounds like. Uh, No, no, no. uh, I do like the Colts, but I am am jumping to the AFC uh, with Joe Cool and uh, those Bengals, man. I mean, I've, I've, I've said it time and time again. Joe Burrow, T. Higgins, Joe Mixon, you know, what they're building up there is absolutely insane. It doesn't hurt that, you know, they got my boy Carl up there, um, Josh Bynes as well. Uh, I mean, mm-hmm. you name it, they, they got some squad up there. Uh, Jesse Bates in, in safety. So, you know, I'm going to jump on the, the Bengals bandwagon before it gets too much, too filled, uh, before they can't find a seat for me. Well, you picked a pretty good time, you know, right <laughs> after they caught it, their first W and Joe Burrow's first W. Third straight game of 300-plus yards, first rookie to do that. I mean, Absolutely. Second most passing yards through three games in rookie history, besides your boy Cam Newton. 
yeah, and you know, it's it's insane. It's it's fun to watch them uh, progress. You know, you, you, I don't know if anybody's been on Twitter this week, but you're seeing the uh, the NFL Films video of him talking to the refs about sliding and getting down, and now he doesn't want to get hit anymore. Yeah. It's like, oh, thank you for learning that after your third game and not your 17th game, Daniel Jones. Yeah, <laughs> and it's nice when the realize, all right, my offensive line sucks, so I just got to fall out more often. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, you sit there and, and you watch it, and this team, and, you know, I mentioned Joe Mixon, but I don't think he gets mentioned enough. I know if you looked at our Twitter account this weekend, we said it, you know, while the game was happening, he needs to be mentioned for a top five running backs. Like, depending on how you rate him, I, he's five or six for me. I mean, if you take Christian McCaffrey out due to injury, Joe Mixon's easily top five, top five this year for sure so far. Yeah, I mean Saquon, you take. It's hard to keep Joe Mixon off there because the one thing he does better than all these guys, he's always available. Even this week, he has a broken chest, not literally, but he's not one hundred percent. Scores three touchdowns. Yeah, no big deal or anything. Just literally sets the sets the blaze on fire and helps lead this team to their first win. Just you know, it's no big deal. Joe squared fails. Just no problem. Joe squared, broken chest, gets beat up a lot. No worries. Yeah, and and you know, and I mentioned T. Higgins, and he didn't have a great game, like statistically wise, but you still just see it every time Burrow rolls out. His first look is Higgins coming with him, and they just mirror each other so well. It's it's fun to watch. Um, so I don't know. I I, I obviously uh, you know I'm still gonna harbor a little bit of feelings towards the Cowboys, but uh, yeah, going forward, I think I'm gonna I'm gonna have to go go the black and black and orange and Hootay Nation. It's just gonna be. I don't think I'd ever say that out loud, though. The Hootay Nation. I don't. That, I mean, everyone's favorite team has a little something about them they don't like here and there. So I mean, it's okay. I mean, I hated everything about the Cowboys. So this is this works. This See, works. Now you have some respect for yourself, finally. So you know things are going up for me. Now I can go buy a T Higgins jersey and not feel weird about it. Touche, sir. Touche. <laughs> All right. Anyway, so so from one quarterback getting his first win to another quarterback continuing to win yeah just absolutely playing out of his mind josh allen josh take a word from joe burrow and don't get hurt don't get hit <laughs> exactly God, you had the entire world's heart stop when you got hurt for a minute playing like an mvp get goes down because of a shoulder le- thankfully left shoulder not a right shoulder injury but a left shoulder injury comes back leads him on the charge came seals the victory for him like casual 57 yard bomb to stefan Diggs. just I, don't be wrong i know it's the raiders we're talking about that he beat but Still, it's the Raiders that he beat. Like, the Raiders that were playing pretty well, you know, throughout the season so far. Raiders are the type of team, they might not have a lot of wins at the end of the season, but they're not going to get their butt whooped too often. Like, yeah. they'll have some rough games, like probably the Chiefs ones honestly stick out as ones that'll be rough, but you saw what they did to the Saints. You saw what they did with Carolina. The New England got a little rough. They were in the game till the towards the end. I mean, Hunter Renfro carried that team on their back in that game. Yeah, I mean, it was a couple late late breaks that, you know, just didn't go their way, so... And then in this game, if they get Hunter Renfro involved more early often, we talk about him all the time, good things happen when you get the slot machine rolling. And, you know, that's another guy, Hunter Renfro, man. I, you got you to gotta start talking about him as a, as a top-tier receiver coming in soon. I mean, fantasy-wise, he puts up the points you need from a number one receiver. and Just imagine what he'd do if he actually got to play. Yeah, John exactly. Green cycle him out every other play. I mean, just trade him to Houston or something like that so he could reunite with Deshaun Watson. I'm sure they'll like it. Yeah, and you know his usage rate. You mentioned it is so so low compared to all these other number one receivers in fantasy and stuff like that. And you're just like, give this guy sixty percent usage rate, like as a sixty percent on the field rate with of the plays, and not this forty five or whatever he's sitting at right now. And he's a starting receiver. Start treating crazy. him like one. Just because you see him as a slot receiver doesn't mean he can't start. I mean, Julian Edelman doesn't just leave when you go two receiver sets. Exactly. Wes Welker didn't just disappear two. Reggie Wayne, a guy who played a lot of slot. Mike Thomas, the slot machine right now too. Yeah, it's like, 
Am I missing something? Like, is, is Hunter Renfro an asshole and I'm just missing it? Like, I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm out of the loop. I don't know. I think it's just the John Gruden machine, you know. I just I don't think he understands current day football. He's just so stuck in the in the, the way it was in the eighties and nineties. Or he just likes his per, he likes the cycle personnel every play. I don't know. It's it's weird though when you have someone so good at what they do in today's NFL like this. That is your most productive weapon consistently. Yeah. Well, well speaking of weapons that are uh, that's decimating yeah. the league. Um, COVID so far had affected two games this week. So. Um, one postponed indefinitely. We'll figure out a date for that later. Sounds like the plan is week eight is what they're saying. Is they're fina- finagling by weeks, assuming there's no other games that have to be destroyed coming up thanks to COVID's cruel-hearted B-word. So. Yeah, and that's and that's Tennessee-Pittsburgh, and that's – I mean, Tennessee just keeps racking up these positive tests too, and they just won't get healthy. And it sounds like, too, a lot of it was not following protocols is what a lot of the things are saying too. So at this point, I almost feel like you say, you know what, screw you, Tennessee-Pittsburgh, you get the win or a, or a tie maybe, and Tennessee you get a loss. I don't know how you work that out. but I'm, I mean, I've, yeah, I feel like at this point it's – I mean, it's, I feel like it's no different than if they were to miss their flight or their flight got grounded and they couldn't make it, and it's just like it's a forfeiture at that point or they refuse to come out on the field or something. You know, it's Especially if it cancels this week's coming up game, which is against the Bills, I believe, too, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. If, you, if that's two games, you almost have to cancel it, call them losses and cut just cut your losses, no pun intended. But Yeah, like automatically just quarantine the team for 14 days straight and go from there. I mean, I, this is this – is rec- like I mean, just huge. You look at it because, like New England, Cam Newton, their starting quarterback, test positive. Nobody else on the Patriots organization has tested positive yet. Well, Stephon Gilmore tested positive today, but like, oh, Gil- was, okay, so Gilmore. So that was after the game too, and still no Chiefs have tested positive, and no other Patriots have tested positive. Yeah, which, so two two positives that don't look connected at all. And we'll see if. Maybe they were connected and it's just a delay, but you never know because the way it pops up. And as long as no one in Kansas City tests positive, it's good to say if it wasn't spread too much. I mean, I know Patty was talking about it in a conference earlier today. He's like, well, I'm a little subconscious about it just because my wife's pregnant and all. But, like, you know, we're just being good teammates, so you don't really think about it just when they dab up at the end of the game. So as long as no Chiefs test positive, then I don't think – I think it'll be okay. No more Patriots. I think that one seems, quote-unquote, under control. You, yeah. We knew there were going to be positives. We knew there was going to be shit. Don't know if we expected an outbreak in Nashville 21 days into the season. And that's what's crazy is it's like they were in Minnesota when it happened and yet no Vikings tested positive for it. And so it's just like, what were you guys doing for real? Like, did, what happened here? Did that happen after the game? Because that's what it kind of feels like. What, what, yeah. Did you guys get a little bit of party? Like, one one too many lines off of strippers, you know what? And it just kind of spread too easily? Like, what are we talking about here? And where did you do it at? Like, what city? Because obviously... I mean, it could have been Minneapolis. They haven't had an outbreak right now. Like, the only one, unless they drove to Iowa, in which case, ah. Just driving through Iowa's air will get you sick these days. Yeah, but, so, but no, so the Kansas City-New England game was played, as we mentioned. Ryan Hoyer's terrible. We already knew yeah. that. Kansas City does what Kansas City does. Not a whole lot. Four total turnovers from two quarterbacks for New England. Just, yeah, you, you know, I, I don't think Sidham is, is all that bad. I just think. You're kind of thrust in a no-win situation, and one of your picks bounces up Julian Edelman's hands to Tyron Matthew. I mean, that's basically a guaranteed defensive touchdown when Tyron Matthew gets the ball. Yeah, and he did throw a dime uh, for a touchdown pass to to Harry. Yeah, Nikhil Harry. Nikhil Harry, yeah. Yeah, so, you know, he you know he looked good for parts of it, so maybe he's the one that carries the torch coming up this week if Cam can't come, can't come back. Uh, but I don't know. It, it, you know whoever they're opposing defenses is they want Brian Hoyer because all defenses love to play Brian Hoyer. Oh, absolutely. Brian Hoyer is the defensive best best case scenario. They're like, oh, you mean we get four picks today? 
Yes, please. Give me my bonus money. Exactly. Give give me that turnover chain. Here we go. And so speaking of top defenses, though. And teams uh, that Brian Hoyer has let down. Yeah, and and teams Brian Hoyer has let down. uh, And quarterbacks fell. (laughs) Well, we're just catching all the topics in this game. Uh, The Colts continue their top domination on defense. um, What, allowing 13 points a game? So they kind of show – I think it's about – 12 to 13 now and what was kind of interesting is they showed this graphic during the game that i just laughed at because it felt bad for all cowboy fans at the time oh, so yeah so before that late nick Foles touchdown Allen robinson that probably shouldn't have happened but whatever i mean terrible defense on that one play but the colts have given up roughly 48 points i believe it was so far in the year at that point the cowboys against the browns alone that gave gave up 49 yeah that's how dominant the colts defense has been or how bad the Cowboys of defense has been. You could split hairs either way. It's six in one and half a dozen in the other. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of that stat. <laughs> <laughs> You're a Bengals fan. You don't care. I, I, at the time, though. But at the time, I was still still on the fence. I you know, I hadn't fully made my decision. I would say this was very interesting to see a defensive head-to-head clash in a game that features the Colts. I mean, we're not used to associating them with defense for the last 20 years. We're used to associating them with Andrew Luck and Peyton Manning, basically, and high-flying type of offense. And, you know, this says a lot about Phillip Rivers right now, too. I mean, you look at Philip Rivers and you kind of were like, not you, but, you know, most people look at Philip Rivers and they think, oh, he's a, he's an offensive, like, it's going to be a big play offensive game. But no, 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 no. He, he's very, very just take what you get. And it he's Jacoby Brissett with a little more experience and gangster to him where he also sometimes like, screw it, he down there somewhere. I don't know who he is, but someone's down there to make it. <laughs> There's a blue jersey down there somewhere, hopefully. He gives his guys a little, few more opportunities to make plays. And even though they haven't had a lot of explosive plays, I mean, that's what happens when you lose – your first pick of the draft in the second round, Michael Pittman's out for a while. Paris Campbell's out. Ty's struggling to get going. I mean, you don't have a lot of big plays out there. You, Trey you, Burton just came back and he's your faster tight end. Bo Ali Cox has been your leading receiver, and it's like the fourth tight end on most depth charts. Yeah, and and you look at it and you you lost your number one back in Marlon Mack. Like, don't get me wrong, I think we were all seeing Jonathan Taylor's writing on the wall being starter eventually, but. I don't think they I don't want, think this soon was was what was, was what was wanted. I don't think they wanted to start Jonathan Taylor at all this season. I just think they wanted him to take some carries off of Mac, so Mac wasn't carrying thirty times a game, so they could go twenty and ten maybe. Yeah, and then use Jonathan Taylor as a change of pace, just give the ball in open space and let him run while he learns how to read read the holes, read basically NFL running lanes too. And that's what's crazy about this. You sit there, we you listen to the names we just rattled off of not playing for the Colts, and they still beat the Bears. Because and that's just who's the, gonna play quarterback for the Bears when you have Trubisky ranking thirty third in PFF starting then, quarterbacks this season? Like and then Nick Foles just kind of meh. He's as soon as he's named your starter, good luck. But when you just randomly yeah. bring him in, and he can't really trust him. Unfortunately, maybe the Colts defense is that good, and Nick Foles starts rolling the rest of the way. We'll have to see. But they until garbage time, basically, they looked terrible. Like they were locked up for most of the game. Yeah, you know, and I feel like I've—I know I've told you this, but watching Nick Foles is kind of like watching a guy playing with house money. When he's playing with house money, he's really aggressive, really, really like gung ho. But when he's the starter, it's like everything good about when he's playing with house money just disappears. You're just like, who, who is this guy? This is not the Nick Foles that was just playing last week. Like who? What happened? It's kind of like the opposite where they say the game slows down is the more you play. For him, it's like the more he plays, it speeds up, weirdly enough. He almost just needs to come in right off the couch after drinking a beer, but like, okay, I got this, then win a game as opposed to preparing a whole week. Yeah, so I don't know. It's, it'll be interesting to see who plays quarterback for him going forward. Um, but, you know, we go to a game that has no issues at either quarterback 
position, but uh, lots of issues now um, with personnel decisions. So uh, Texans, Vikings. Depending on which Vikings fan you talk to, they might have quarterback issues. They do, that. they do have a quarterback issue. <laughs> <laughs> Although he didn't have an issue on Sunday. He looked pretty decent for the most part when he needed to Sunday. So Yeah, no, definitely uh, this, this Texans-Vikings game, I mean – there's a lot surrounding this one. For two 0-3 teams going head-to-head, there's a whole lot to talk about when it comes to this one. Yeah, there was. I mean, that's just it. There's two 0-3 teams that, let's be honest, the Texans, how are you 0-3 right now? Because you played the Chiefs, the Ravens, and the Steelers, <laughs> although you should have beat the Steelers because I still don't think they're that great of a 3-0 team, but I digress. Exactly. And the Vikings, how are you 0-3 right now? Oh, well, wait, you've done these same exact You've played arguably an MVP caliber Aaron Rodgers with Aaron Jones going off. You played the Colts defense in Indy, and... You played Derrick Henry's braid and his godly powers. And you lost by a last-second field goal to Gostowski, who, since he missed five field goals in Week 1 but kicked the game winner, has been outstanding. Exactly. So, what I mean... a weird season so far. I just rattled off 2020 in a nutshell, basically. Yeah, exactly. And, and you know, it's funny, this, this game was just... I don't know. Uh, it didn't feel like two 0-3 teams going at it, but at the same time, at the end of the game, you were kind of like, oh. Those teams are better than their record shows. Yeah. I but. will say, though, Minnesota was taking it to them early until about midway through when Harrison Smith absolutely destroyed the tight end and unfortunately targeting, not targeting, but they called it, they ejected him for a helmet-to-helmet hit, which I thought was questionable. I mean, I get it. You're trying to protect players, but I don't think it was an ejectable hit. It looked like Tight end goes down. Harrison Smith's trying to hit tight end in the chest or lower area so Harrison Smith doesn't die. But when tight end lowers head, head meets head. Yeah, it's, and this is this is something that I definitely want to talk about a little more. Um, but, yeah, that, that play changed the game. Literally just flipped it on his head. At least um, for the Vikings' defense because the Houston's offense really got going after that. Yeah. I mean, luckily the Vikings' offense wasn't too affected. They were still just maintaining what they were already doing. Dalvin Cook destroying everybody's soul and Justin Jefferson – Still being a phenom and Adam Thielen dancing. Yes. Yeah, does Adam Thielen stop dancing? Yeah, that that I, it was it was funny one time, but that's although, enough now. Although speaking of dancing, I imagine Deshaun is dancing for joy right now as uh, the news coming out of this game was Bill O'Brien's firing. Well, it was finally took long enough. GM Bill O'Brien got G, head coach Bill O'Brien destroyed, and head coach Bill O'Brien wasn't terrible, but GM Bill O'Brien, oh boy, offensive I, coordinator Bill O'Brien was awful. Yeah. That, <laughs> <laughs> and then what was weird is there's it sounded like J.J. Watt had kind of organized almost like a player revolt to get him out of there, too, is what it sounded like they were saying. something. Which, J.J., like, you're one of the most respected guys in the league, but you've played 16 games in the last 16 years. Let's take it easy with that now. I mean, you're part yeah. of the reason the team struggles at points, and this year you have, like, one tackle. Yeah, you know, don't get me wrong. Like, I, I actually I like the move by J.J., um, if that's the, if the news is to be believed uh, that that's that was the case, like, I, I like the move. I respect it because you're sitting here looking at this organization that, for JJ, is the only organization he's ever played for. So he's got a lot of built-in emotions towards it. And you're looking at it and you're like, who are they going to trade next? Are they going to send Deshaun away next year? Are they going to send – the sad part is I can't come up with a second player that matters as much as Deshaun does because that's just how bad his decisions have been. It's like – they're doing to him what the Colts did to Andrew Luck, basically. They're just like, hey, um, go carry us, and we're going to try and get you killed. And yeah. what everyone's worried the Bengals would do with Joe Burrow, but I like what they're doing. Honestly, I don't think that's going to happen in Cincinnati. Unfortunately, no, no, I no. think that Andrew Luck, basically, I hate to say it, the tragic tale of Andrew Luck, his career getting cut short from incompetent GMness. I think that's kind of a wake-up call to everyone except the Texans so far, and that's pro- probably part of the reason Bill had to go. Yeah. They're looking at us like, you have no draft picks next year. You have no first or second because you overtraded for Laramie Tunzel, who, while nice, very nice, you're paying him $22 million a year. 
You traded away Dwayne Brown, your previous left tackle, who wanted to resign. He just wanted a, a raise. Who's making eleven million a year? Yeah, like okay, you who are you going to replace? Like literally, Dwayne Brown was one of those guys. You put him on one side, put Tunsil on the other. You're good. Deshaun is not getting rushed off the edge at all. Honestly, I mean, if he does, it's going to be like a weak rush. But And if you don't trade for Tunzel, you have all those picks you could use, too. I mean, there were some linemen you could have gotten in the draft last year or the year before, or even upcoming. And if you keep Dwayne Brown, you have a good left tackle, and you have money, exactly. and you have draft picks. Those two first-round picks that you, you sent for Tunzel, I get it. Tunzel is, is is a solid player. He's, you know. He's really good. Yeah, he but. is that guy. But I, at the same time, like. He doesn't rebuild that entire offensive line by himself. No. You have Nick Martin, who, by all means, is not. I'm not nothing against Nick Martin, but he's not his brother. He's potentially a starting lineman. Yeah, he's but, you know at center he's not bad. He's just uh, there was better options in the draft last year. And if you and you traded for Kenny Stills as part of that, which he's nice, but he's not a game breaker necessarily. You trade away DeAndre Hopkins for David Johnson, a second round pick. Yeah, and, why you don't get a first? Okay, beyond me. Yeah, exactly. Like and I don't you, still don't get that 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 no one does. And then you trade a second round pick for Brandon Cooks, who I like Brandon Cooks, but you basically turn DeAndre Hopkins into David Johnson and Brandon Cooks. Brandon Cooks is there's a reason he keeps getting traded. He's not a number one receiver that everyone keeps trading for. He is a really good complimentary to an elite third receiver. Absolutely elite. Like if he's your third receiver, good luck everybody else. Exactly. But as your no and as a number two, he's top tier. Exactly. Like for example, we talked about Indy's weapon shortage. Put him opposite T.Y. Hilton. That's a really good fit. Put him in Chicago next to Allen Robinson. There's still no one to throw him the ball, but at least it looks good on paper. You put him on the Texans, and you need to be your number one because Will Fuller's always hurt and Randall Cobb's a slot receiver. Well, what's plan B? Exactly. You know, and I don't know. I guess for the Texans, like, where do you go? You can't really go down from here at this point. Like, you're already 0-4 and... You can't really rebuild anything today. Like, what's, <laughs> yeah. what's what kind of sucks is you kind of just have to throw this season away and just play on eggshells, more or less. Like, yeah, yeah. I don't know. This is kind of a lost season for the Texans. I'd say, like, yeah. It's I kind mean, of a loss. there's not a whole lot you can do. I mean, Romeo maybe, Cornell's taking over. We'll see. But I mean, maybe it galvanizes them. I mean, Romeo Cornell is a competent play caller, but I, I just I don't know. We, we saw we saw his 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 team leadership abilities in Kansas City that weren't. And it when he's in great, Cleveland, so. it wasn't that great. I mean, yeah, he's a great defensive coordinator, but I don't know what you're going to do offensively or as GM. Like, you got to rehire a GM and a head coach in the offseason. Or if you, if, let's say Romeo Cornell galvanizes them and they go nine, they finish like eight and eight somehow. Even like they go eight and four the rest of the way. Do you keep him on then and give him that chance? And if you do, do you get a GM that's okay with that? Like, you're like, damned yeah. if you do, you're damned if you don't, no matter what you do. I don't think Cornell stays after the season, but I do think he'll galvanize them enough to get. I do think an eight and eight isn't out of the realm of possibility, just considering their talent. Like, I mean, Deshaun is still there. Like, he's worth at least four wins. <laughs> it's can they get four wins from the whole, the rest of the team combined? I don't know if it's the play calling in a situation, but he has not looked at his best this year too. So I don't know if I don't know. I'm hoping that it wasn't DeAndre Hopkins helped make him more than and made him look better than we thought. I don't think it was the case, but it's you can't rule it out with how bad he's how bad the team's been this year and he hasn't looked his best either he's had his moments in his flashes but it's been almost Dak like where it's when they're down and then he leads a pretty nice comeback exactly except in the Steelers game he looked pretty good throughout obviously but like obviously I still think Deshaun highly of Deshaun I had him as a top five quarterback when we did the rankings just when you're 0-4 and you haven't looked your best the question has to be raised a little bit considering the circumstances exactly and so like I said I do want to talk more about this targeting penalty though 
Um, we saw it with Harrison Smith. We saw it a lot in these college games. These target penalties, I kind of feel like they're getting out of hand. Like, I know what they're supposed to do. They're supposed to protect a defenseless receiver. But when you're calling targeting on a pickoff and a return and they're blocking somebody who is running towards man, like the def- the guy trying to tackle the guy, trying to tackle the ball carrier is running towards the def- the blocker and the blocker just stands there and the defender runs into them and then the, the blocker gets called for a targeting penalty and gets ejected from the game. Whoa, hold on. Or there's the, the cases where in the Auburn-Georgia game, there's a – you know, the 300-pound tight end for Auburn, which, God forbid, that man tries to get tackled anyways. Mm. He's running a wheel route out of the backfield, literally lays out three feet in the air, completely horizontal, misses the ball, tips off his fingers, and he gets cracked upside the head by a safety, completely defenseless, no penalty called. Like, that's the play that this is built for, not for what we saw with Harrison Smith, what we've seen multiple times where a guy's getting wrapped up and is falling down and he – he, he tucks his head down, and in him tucking his head down, he somebody makes contact with his helmet. It's unavoidable. Basically, they almost have to make the rule. So if the offensive player moves or ducks down at all, then it's just a penalty, but it can't be targeting. There's no yeah. like, obviously if there's helmet to helmet, you can still call that no matter what. It's unfair. It sucks, but that's the rule, I guess. But to call targeting when a six foot seven tight end curls down to avoid a hit, what's Harrison Smith supposed to do? Dive at his nuts? Like it's gonna yeah. suck because the receiver is gonna have to stay upright, which means it's gonna get they're gonna get cracked and it's gonna hurt. But yeah, and at it, the same time, like you, they can't go too low because if they go too low, you're shattering ACLs in half. Yeah, basically. like you know you gotta hit above the knees and at this point below the waist, and they, well that literally leaves little target area, and you end up getting called for stupid crap. Or if they throw a high knee when you're going down, you're ending up with your head getting smacked and concussed or, God forbid, something worse. Yeah, it's it's just crazy to watch. I mean, you there's so many games getting impacted on every level, NFL, college. It's just it's, – it's so and especially for the NFL, you don't just throw somebody out. Like, it's up to the referee's decision. Like, I mean, it's their, it's their call. And it, it, whereas in college, like, if it's called targeting penalty and they dictate it's targeting and, like – contact with the head yeah he's automatically ejected um for at least a game or if it's in the second half the first half the first half of the next game so for them to just completely eject harrison smith like this on something so really innocuous i mean we saw jalen smith kill a man and not get ejected we've seen him dive face first in alvin kamara and just nothing like almost spear him in the face exactly we've seen it in the playoffs we've seen it here i mean we've seen it from multiple linebackers i mean it's going to happen. It's unavoidable, and I understand you got to try and regulate it the best you can. But like ejecting Harrison Smith for that one, that that was very—I don't want to say reckless or poor refereeing, but it just seemed like a flash judgment based off of almost two letter of the like. Oh, hit the helmet, didn't like it, get him out of here. Yeah, like the Vontez perfect on Josh Cribbs hit, understandable. The James Harrison Vontez on Josh is- Josh Cribbs hit, understandable. Vontez perfect on 90% of his hits in his career. Yeah. Including the one where he broke his neck tackling Andrew Luck, which is still hilarious to me because that was letter of the law, ducking your head and spearing. You just kind of ran into a brick man. Exactly. I mean, if you want to like, if you want to go look at it, go look at John Lynch's career highlights. 90% of his highlights are helmet to helmet contact. Those are targeting Steve, this Steve Atwater and Jack Tatum's whole career. That yeah. is your targeting. What we saw Harrison Smith do, what we saw out of these college players is nine times out of 10 incidental. I mean, like, you'll see a couple of them launch, and it's mostly the college kids. You don't really see it in the NFL as much now, but there are still a couple of occasions, especially from corners. Corners will catch the, the receiver coming down and yeah, pop them in the chin. And, you know, okay, those obviously need to be called, but this is just 
it's getting out of hand, and I don't know. I don't know what we need to do to fix it, but I, I don't think the overreaching targeting law they have now is doing us any favors. The only way you're really going to fix this is take away helmets, really. Like, all right, well, you want to use your head. It's going to suck, and it's going to look gross, but we'll, yeah. a few people are going to get their heads smacked, and we'll see, but that's not really going to help the issue, more or less. It's going to get real bad before it gets better. Exactly. And, and if, you don't, if you doubt us as what we're talking about, Try to go tackle your wall because that's basically what Harrison Smith has to go do against a six foot seven tight end is running straight at him. And go and tackle talks. your wall and see if you can tackle your wall running straight at it without hitting your face on the wall first. And then when you get low to try and hit him basically in the stomach, if he gets low too, your helmets are going to collide. Like it's exactly like you, no matter what, will make contact with your head or shoulder first, running and trying to tackle your wall straight on. So I'm equating this six foot seven tight end to the wall. Yes, I know, and but it's it's the closest thing I, I can I can compare it to is like try to tackle your wall. That's like trying to tackle a six foot seven tight end. And we said we get it. Like it is a penalty. You call the penalty. You move on. It's helmet to helmet. But ejection. Come on, yeah. man. Like come on. Like yeah, it's it's crazy. It's it, uh, to me that's our, I think I, I think my biggest takeaway from this is just how stupid some of these penalties have been all week, and I, it just continues. I'll say it again. Year of the ref, part seven, I think. I don't I've ran out of, ever since the replacement refs, I've had year of the ref on, like going year after year after year. This just keeps continuing. Refs thinking they need to be involved in games. It's the referee's game, the players are just part of it. Exactly. So well that does it for us today. Um, it you know, let us know your guys' opinion, uh, whether you guys think refs are getting too involved involved or not. Um, I know we had a huge uh, Huge influx of people from probably Vikings fan thinking the Harrison Smith ejection was was wrong too. But you know, let us know on our Twitter page what what your thoughts are. Um, but yeah, guys, until next time, uh, appreciate it. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Nursing isn't a career, it's a calling. Answer the call with Marquette University's direct entry MSN program and find out what it means to be a Marquette nurse. A Marquette education, it holds a lot of weight. Before I graduated, I already had a job offer in the ICU. If you hold a non-nursing bachelor's degree, use it to earn your master's in nursing in less than 21 months. My name is Shelby and I am a Marquette nurse. Search Marquette direct entry MSN today.